Hello, investors, and welcome to episode six of Dissecting the Deal. Our guest is Rich Carey. Hello, investors, and welcome back to yet another episode of Dissecting the Deal. I'm your host, Michael Liddicote, and this is a fantastic episode today. We have Rich Carey, who on August 1st of 2020 officially retired and is now living entirely on his passive income. This is a fantastic story about a unit that he found, and he said he found it just through networking, just doing the things that we should be doing every day, talking to people, telling them what we do. And by doing that, he was able to grab a fourplex and also some contracting knowledge and a bunch of other things. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm going to let you listen to the episode, and I'll catch you on the other side. For today's name drop, Rich mentioned an app called Tenant Cloud. Well, it's an app and a website and all that stuff. I looked into it and it's a great property management tool for anyone who's interested in trying to figure out how to move their interactions with their tenants to the cloud. What Rich loved about it was that it was all text-based and so his tenants were able to communicate with him, do everything that he needed through the app so it didn't matter where he was. And with his goal of being retired and not having to show up anywhere when he doesn't have to, that was the really big deal for him was that he could do everything he needed to with his tenants on this one mobile platform. So if you're still looking for a property management tool, Rich recommends Tenant Cloud. Thanks, Rich, for the name drop. Rich, thank you so much for coming on and, and talking with us today about your deal. Um, I'm glad to be here. Thanks a lot. Um, yeah. Ready to share share about real estate. That's That's my love. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I know um, we we were talking just a little bit that uh, as of August one, uh, it's your your first passion now, right? It is. Yeah, it's my uh, first passion, and it's now it's my. Well, I mean, I, I do have a military retirement, and that's that's a good thing. That's a great thing. But right. um, this is kind of my major form of income now. Very cool. Um, well, let's dig into this example of uh, of one of the units that you've got. Um, this was a, if I remember from my notes, this was a fourplex that you found. Yeah, a fourplex. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where where's this uh, fourplex exist? Um, let's see. This fourplex is in Montgomery, Alabama. Okay. Uh, I guess I could uh, 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 kind of quickly tell you a little about my background. Um, sure. Absolutely. I mean, I, I was in the military for the past 20 years, just retired. And while I was in the military, um, I invested in real estate. Uh, but really that started in, to be a bigger thing in 2013 when I moved here to Montgomery, Alabama, which is where I am now. And I purchased six, to, six properties uh, in a year. Uh, I paid cash for those properties. They weren't very expensive. And then I moved away and I was gone for five years and I bought 16 more, uh, but I was... I was overseas at the time. I was in, um, uh, let's see, I was in uh, Korea and in Germany for five years. Oh, wow. Then I retired here and I came back here a year ago to, to do my last year in the military and um, retired where my properties are here in Montgomery, Alabama. So at that time I had a, a paid off portfolio of 20 properties. Holy so that's where, I, that's where I started from. Uh, and then in the past, um, I guess you could say since COVID, <laughs> since COVID <laughs> happened, I don't know what the right terminology is. I've purchased 10 units, one six unit and one four unit. And so I think today we're talking about one of those. And I've purchased both of those with loans. 
which is actually something that I had not done in the past. Oh, wow. Okay. So the, the first 20 units that you bought and, and interestingly enough, you part of the portfolio you purchased while you were out of country. Yes. Uh, um, so those were all cash transactions that you were able to do, but the, these last ones this year, these have all been loans. They've all been loans. And I mean, I, I'm I'll, obviously I'm a conservative investor. Um, I'm not someone who likes to be leveraged to the hilt, but I kind of felt like um, there's a lot of cheap money out there right now. I mean, rates are, I, I, I don't, I dare not say that they're as low as they can be, but they certainly are extremely low. And I kind of felt like, well, why don't I lock down some of that cheap money right now? It's sure. not like I'm highly leveraged. I'm just, I finally decided to start leveraging in my real estate investing. Very cool. Uh, and just curiosity, uh, what was the, uh, was the, you said before Montgomery's got very inexpensive properties to purchase. Was, was that the only reason to be looking in, in that area? Well, I think, I mean, expensive by comparison, uh, you know, my first property was in, um, Washington, DC, right. I bought a, oh. uh, I bought a townhouse, uh, a long time ago for 280,000. Uh, but a couple of years later it was worth 400,000. I flipped houses in DC for several years and those flips were, you know, 400, $500,000 flips. So when I started investing here in Montgomery, Alabama, um, the, you know, I could buy a property back then I could buy a property for 45,000 or, or 50,000. Right. And that was cheaper than the down payment on my flips. So to me, that just seemed extremely cheap. Now those properties aren't that cheap anymore here, but you know, you can get them for maybe 70 or 80. Um, and, uh, they still cash flow decently. But uh, that's that's kind of what price point that I was at with with uh, my investments. Got it. And uh, at the time that you were acquiring these things for forty to fifty, um, the cash flow on them was good enough that you said, "Oh, this this makes sense in this market." Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. Okay. So uh, you you were, you're in your last year. You're getting ready to retire. You start to le- you decide to leverage some of the assets that you've got, or at least lock down some of that uh, f- that easy capital that's out there. Um, how did you come across this fourplex? Yeah, so I met another investor here. And I, I guess I'd have to say that finding this fourplex was all about connections. And it was certainly all about, um, you know, an REIA group and, and the people that I met there. So I met somebody at our real estate investors association group here in Montgomery who had a background very similar to mine. He owned... Um, I think he owned more like 60 single family homes that he paid cash for kind of one by one. And, um, and he, and they were in like the same neighborhoods as me. And so obviously we had a lot to talk about. Um, I was telling him that I was very interested in doing multifamily and he was trying to talk me out of that, that that didn't make any sense in this market. And that, and that he, he says, you know, you got a great thing going. So, so keep doing it. Like, just keep doing exactly what you're doing. Um, and so kind of fast forward a little bit, he bought a package of homes from uh, a woman who was uh, being, um, or who's going through bankruptcy. And one of the, the properties in the package was a fourplex that he didn't want because he likes single families. Uh, I had been out to lunch with them a few times. I had looked at properties with them. You know, we'd hung out a little bit. Um, 
he called me up and he said, Rich, I got a lot of people that want this, but I know that you're a, a multifamily guy. He's like, I, you know, I, I'll sell to you for 190. He said, uh, I'm going to make 10,000 on it. And uh, I need to know right now. Cause I got like five or six people that would take this to the drop of a hat. Oh, wow. So that's, that's kind of how this came about. Got it. So again, the, the, sometimes the best deals just come because you're front of mind for somebody else and they're just thinking of you and go, Oh yeah, I know somebody looking for this. Right. Okay. So, um, he offers it to you at 190. Um, you take a look at it and you decide it's a deal. How, how did, what was your analysis on it? How did you know that at 190, it was a good deal for you? Yeah, I think for me, obviously it helps, you know, to have already been operating here in the city, um, had several rental properties and, in, in, in different locations for the past five years. And so I had a very good sense of, um, you know, what made sense, like what rents I could get and, uh, what, uh, the good areas were and the bad areas were and crime and all that. So I think that, you know, one, one ninety, and I, um, divided that by four and I'm kind of like, okay, this, this is my, you know, per unit price. Uh, I probably need to get a calculator out, but divide <laughs> one ninety by four. Uh, so my per unit price isn't too bad. I don't know if you have your calculator out. I don't have mine out now, but I can quickly pull it up. Oh, here I do have I, I do have one handy here. So one ninety divided by four. So I'll get forty forty seven thousand five hundred uh, per door. Um, and then they were getting six fifty a unit, and one was vacant and partially and 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 recently remodeled. And I was already getting six fifty, uh, but based on my analysis of the area, which there's lots and lots of apartments on that street and also lots of, you know, quads and, and a few like uh, eight and 16 plexes. Uh, I knew that with remodeling, I could get the, the rents up to more like 750 or even 800. So um, I'm like, well, the, you know, I'll be fine at 650, but if I remodel and get those higher rents, I'll be making quite a bit more money. And uh, I actually got the one unit rented out before I closed, the one that was remodeled. And uh, let me make sure I've got this straight in my head. Let's see, 650. I believe I um, rented it to her for 790. So that was already a good uh, jump. And that was without me having to put any money into that unit because it was the mm -hmm. one remodeled unit. Um, so, and really what it was is it's a 740 rent and then a $50 water fee, which nobody, oh, okay. people around here don't charge those fees. They're usually just included in rent. I kind of decided to charge the, these fees in my multifamilies. I only have two, but um, I'm kind of doing that as sort of a, people are kind of like, oh, the rent's 740, that's not too bad. And then I have a $50 fee. I think it just kind of feels and looks different to them. Sure. Um, but on the other units, you know, I'm getting 650 and I'm also paying, right? I'm also paying right. for water. Um, so you're really only getting six. Right. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, um, 650, that $50 per unit probably, you know, puts me 40 or $50 ahead. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Cool. 
All right. So your so at this point, your evaluation on it as a deal is um, all right. I'm I'm picking it up for X, and the units are making Y with just a little bit of effort. And my plan is already proven because one of the units I didn't have to remodel, I was actually able to get Z for it. Yeah. And so you know, just out the gate, just looking at it, like, oh, this is a, a money maker for me at at 190. I'm good to rock and roll. It is. And I mean, I kind of think about it like I'm getting a property for 47,500 because I, I think in terms of single family, because that's just what I have. I have, I have 20 of them. So it's yeah, you, like have the, you have that affliction, right? Of just, yeah. you, know, you, you know what you, you're, you know what you know. So, so it's kind of like, well, it's, it's kind of like I'm buying four single family homes for 47,500, but I'm getting a rent of, you know, 800 for them or 790 for them after I put some work into the other three units. And I'm like, yeah, like that's that's a great deal. I I have trouble finding those deals among single family anymore. Um, now it had a roof that was shot, and out of all my properties that I've bought, I haven't replaced any roofs yet. Um, so, but this time the roof was really shot, and there was there was damage in some of the units from leaking, and so I made the decision to to fix the roof immediately upon purchase, um, and through this same person that I bought the property from. Um, he had, he kind of like found the workers who do the roofs for the bigger companies. And he just kind of hires these people when they're on their off days sure, to come do roofs at basically cost, you know, or a much cheaper, um, for, for a much cheaper amount, if that makes sense. Like yes. basically they're driving their boss's truck and, and using their boss's stuff, but it's like an off day or a weekend. Right. And they do it like, I'd say probably at 50% of the labor cost. And then I bought the materials. So I did the roof on this fourplex for about $5,000, which is Whoa. a pretty, pretty good price for a, um, a fourplex. And not only that, but um, I sort of have this connection now where I can use this person on my, my other properties. So, sure. and I've seen this in, in, in other things that I've done in a, in a sixplex that I bought, another sixplex that I bought. Sometimes when you buy a house from somebody, you're not just getting the deal, but you're also getting a lot of, you're getting a lot of connections with that deal. Uh, and sometimes the relationship that you make through that deal is, can be just as helpful as the deal is itself. And I kind of feel like that about this particular deal, the person that I'm working with, I mean, there could be more stuff from him in the future. Um, he knows that you know, he came to me and he offered it to me and he knows that uh, I had the money and I closed quickly and I didn't give him any problems. And, um, and same, same about him. You know, he kind of told me like, hey, I'm going to give it to you for 10,000 extra. This is what I paid for it. I actually checked all that stuff. And I think we just came to just both realize, you know, kind of, Hey, the, this is a good guy. And I, I work with this guy again in two seconds. And so, um, that, that's a very kind of helpful thing that came out of this. Oh, sure. I mean, in this investment strategy, you know, the ability for somebody to be able to follow through on what they say they're going to do is, uh, you know, almost better than finding, you know, a, a tough deal in some cases, because as he knew from his experience with you, he's like, oh, okay, well, I know Rich is going to follow through now. Like if I have an actual property and it's legit, we're, we're all good. And you know, he's going to, be straight up with you about what it is. Yeah. And I, and I think, and a part of that too, is he was going through this thing where he bought this large package and he was trying to unload three or four of the properties to other people and like keep, you know, 10 for himself. Well, I wasn't the only moving part in this. I mean, there's like 
five or six moving parts. But apparently I was the only moving part that didn't like, you know, end up screwing him over a few times. Oh, wow. So, I mean, he, you know, he dealt with a lot of this person didn't have the money, you know, this person changed their mind, you know, that kind of thing. So again, it says something when somebody's just kind of like, Hey, Rich, you want this? Yeah. And then kind of like, Hey, Rich, you ready for closing? Yeah. Hey, Rich, we're at closing now. That was easy. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was, just, you know, it was just a, a very, on both sides, it was very simple, straightforward, and, and we didn't really have any problems. I mean, you know, uh, me wanting to inspect the property and him working it all out and me showing up at the closing table with no problems, all those things are important on both sides. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, it's that adage we've all heard, right, which is every deal is its own individual snowflake. They all have their own quirks and features and that sort of stuff. But if you can find at least somebody on the other side of the table that's going to be straight with you and, and do what they say, it makes the deal a little bit easier to get through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So you, you get to closing, you do the roof. Um, do you start rehabbing or are you in the process of waiting for tenants to turn for in order to do the rehabs? Yeah. I know that there's some investors that are just kind of like, Hey, you know, like if I can get 150 more, is that what it is? Yeah. 150 more. Like I got to get these people out. Um, I I don't really feel that way. I'm not really in a hurry. Uh, I had signed leases on the other three people signed leases before closing. And I think that was just maybe a comfort factor for me. Sure. Um, If I would have wanted to clear them out and make this like a big rehab and like, you know, get all this, um, make the extra rent sooner I could have. And I decided not to, um, let's see, this was, uh, June, right? So certainly we were already in the midst of, uh, I guess, coronavirus craziness. Right. Um, probably another, that's probably one of the, another reason that I went ahead and got those leases just because of all the uncertainty. I'll take that 650 a month until people are gone as opposed to, getting rid of people, having it empty, and then not being sure if I'll be able to get, you know, the same rents or more if something crazy happens in the next few months. So I decided to go with, um, you know, a bird in the hand. Yeah. And a lot of times that's, you know, better because who knows, uh, again, as so time frame wise, we're in June, nobody knows when this thing is going to end where I mean, as we're recording this, it's we're still not out of it. So at, at that point, you are just kind of like, well, let's just be thankful we we're getting what we're getting. And as you said, at the beginning of this, I was making money on 650 anyway. So yeah. what's what's my push? Um, yeah. And then who knows the type of tenant that's looking to move in the middle of a global pandemic? Right. And then, so I'll kind of, I've got my closing disclosure pulled up in front of me. I mean, another way that I kind of just, and sometimes I look at things in a very simple way. I mean, you can get out the spreadsheets and you can, you know, cap rate it and you can look at IR IR and cash on cash and all this stuff. But I I, I tend to keep things simple and you can still just kind of get an idea of like, am I getting a deal or not? Kind of 1% rule is something that I sort of think of uh, as, as at least a basic starting point when I look at these deals. But, um, and, and in Montgomery, you know, on a deal like this, it's probably more like 1.4 or 1.5. But one thing I, th- I think of is this, I, I got 4% interest, which um, I thought was amazing. Although again, I, the interest rates just keep going down. So yeah, they do. who knows? But at the time, uh, the, at, the, at closing, you know, uh, the closing attorney who was like, you know, 89 years old or the lawyer, he's like, he said he'd never seen an interest rate of, of 4%, you know, on a property like this in Montgomery. So I was kind of like, 
proud of myself for that, but uh, you probably could get a cheap, you probably could get it cheaper right now. But again, this is a investment property. So that's not bad. And uh, I did 25% down, which isn't bad. But my monthly, uh, my, I mean, basically my monthly payment, uh, if it's, if it's just um, principal and interest is 680 a month, right? So we're talking about one month's rent almost covers that payment. And if you just kind of, you know, obviously if you can do that, if you can have a fourplex and have one unit cover, um, you know, your, your uh, payment, then you're doing all right. Uh, you're, you're cash flowing from this property. Um, I know that a lot of, a lot of times people, especially when they buy in high cost of living areas, they're happy if the entire rent covers the mortgage. And, and of course, in cases like that, you're not making very much money. Right. Yeah. That's when you're only getting, you know, uh, a few dollars and if CapEx is figured wrong or if, you know, something goes sideways, then you can wind up in a, in a bad space, right? Yeah. Excuse me, having to pour more money into the property, uh, which none of us want to do. You know, we want these things to be yeah. self-sustaining investments. Right. Yeah. Very cool. So um, you get in, uh, it, it, you close, uh, you're happy with the way the performing it's performing. Um, we're now uh, about four months later. Uh, everything's still working out great. Uh, it is. And of course, I, I tend to think bigger picture with my properties as far as, you know, I have 30 doors right now. So with COVID, my 30 doors, I really have two people two people that um, are slow to pay, that are, you know, a half month to a month behind. But really those people had the same problem before COVID started. Yeah. And there's really no difference. And, I, and I've noticed that a lot of investors are in the same boat where we're not seeing this, this massive COVID effect yet. Although it could be creeping up on us right now. Uh, who mm-hmm. knows? With, with not, not knowing what's going to happen with a lot of different things. Well, um, you know, these are all time capsules. So at this moment in time, what's interesting to me is that uh, a lot of folks that are in residential are like, no, I'm doing great. 98 to 99% of my tenants are paying. Or as you pointed out, if they were late, it's because they're habitually late. Like it, right. it was it had nothing to do with what's going on in the environment. Um, but the folks in commercial are the ones that are really going, I'm not seeing a, a bright side to this right now. And I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Yeah, no, that's true. So again, on my 30 properties, and of course on those four, um, there just, there isn't any problems. And uh, as you've probably noticed talking to other people, but I could, I could, you know, for Montgomery, Alabama and for my portfolio, I haven't had to evict anybody yet. And it doesn't seem like I'm going to have to evict anybody soon. Now, I don't think I can't right now, but you can file for eviction, and right. they and what they do is they'll they'll hear the case, and I think they 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 put a stay on it. I think, which just means we'll just pick this back up in January, unless they extend the CDC thing, and then and then right. we'll just pick it up when we can. But yeah, everything's everything seems to be going great now. The property is like a 1985, and for me, from my perspective, that is a newer property. Uh, I have a lot of properties that are like. 50s to 70s. So 1985 is my newest property. And I'm pretty happy to have a property that new, actually. Sure. I mean, newer property, it was, I think you said at the time, it was your first multifamily that you got into. And so, so far, all you've had to do is put a new roof on it. I mean, yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah. 
Cool. So uh, what was it? I, and you, I think you've already uh, answered this question, but what was it that you did for the very first time with this deal? What was it that I did for the first time? Well, I can tell you one thing is I, I, I guess I kind of factored replacing a roof into kind of all my numbers. Like, yeah, I'm getting it for 190, but I also need to replace the roof. Uh, and I think I probably allotted myself more like 8,000 thinking that I could get a good deal, but I did it a lot cheaper than that. Um, and of course, first time multifamily, first time uh, using leverage. I mean, I've I used leverage in the past, but I hadn't used leverage since 2013. Um, and, and it was, I only used leverage on my single family, uh, home that I bought in 2003. And then I used it on, I actually used leverage on my flips. I would just do normal financing on them. Um, and that's, and then I guess just the way that I bought this property through a, um, fellow investor that essentially wholesaled it to me or flipped it to me, I guess. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, I think a lot of firsts. Yeah. And I mean, that that's not a bad thing to do stuff for the first time. It means you get better at all those things every time you do it. Right. Yeah. Um, so knowing what you know now about this property or about this deal, uh, is there anything you would have done differently? Well, I mean, I had my eye on this property before I was approached to purchase it. And, and I know that it probably passed through, I mean, it passed through some different people, you know? So, uh, I guess I kind of think, and you, you never know, but it's kind of like, well, if I would have aggressively pursued this a couple of months earlier, maybe I would have bought it 10 or $15,000 cheaper. But at the same time, I mean, I'm, all, I'm always looking at tons of stuff everywhere. So it's, it's easy to second guess yourself like that. Kind of like, oh, I ended up buying this property from somebody and they took a $10,000. Well, I was looking at this as a potential maybe a month or two earlier, but I was kind of like, I don't know. I'm just, I don't know if I should go buy a property right now. And so I guess maybe instead of buying it myself, I could have bought it myself earlier. Maybe I could have bought it for 10 or 15,000 cheaper. That's just something that crosses my mind, but I don't know if it's that helpful. If it's that helpful to think that way, because again, I'm always looking at deals everywhere and you kind of never know what's going to jump in front of you. Yeah. And it, it, you're right. It, it's not a healthy thing to think about what the way the world could have been. Uh, because I'm pretty sure a lot of people would be thinking about this entire year, how it could have been differently and versus just, you know, one deal. Uh, but I do think that, you know, it is a good frame of reference to say, you know what, I could have got it cheaper, but what I paid for it has worked out in a great relationship with mm -hmm. the seller and, and getting access to the uh, resources he has access to, to potentially help you as you further on your investment career. So yeah, it's great. Yeah. I mean, another thing about him is again, like I was, I used a property management company for the past five years and I was, I was, I wasn't here in Montgomery. And so I relied on them to do everything since I've gotten back. Now it's all me, you know, now I'm finding contractors, I'm handling, um, you know, turning properties and all that stuff. And he's been an amazing resource for me as far as like, I mean, he walked me through Lowe's and he's kind of like, hey, these are, the, these are like the sinks I always use. This is a toilet I always buy. Like, you know, this is, this is a ceiling fan I use. And I just kind of like took pictures of everything. Like, okay, I'm just going to do what he does. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, this is the flooring I use. So, I mean, just, I mean, stuff like that. I mean, it's, I, I don't want to say it's priceless, but it's, it's very important. Well, yeah, there, yeah. The, uh, the amount of 
time, energy, sweat, tears, you walking up and comparing fans yourself and trying to decide, okay, well, this one works at three speeds, but this one has, you know, 12 inches shorter and this one comes out. Yeah. Just all that sort of stuff is just invaluable. Right. Yeah. I mean, he, if he, if he's been doing it in, you know, 60 properties for, you know, 10 years, uh, uh, I think he's worked out a lot of the kinks uh, and, and, and I don't, I don't have to do that. Right. I just, I mean, uh, I just buy into his system and be like, Hey, this is, this is good enough for me. Uh, yeah. I can tweak it later, but this is certainly good enough for now. Oh yeah. Stand on the shoulders of giants and you're going to get a lot further. Right. Views a lot better too. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Rich, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, if people want to connect with you, how can they do that? Where can they find you? Yeah. So, um, I have a blog. It's kind of just something that I uh, toy around with and, you know, I, I don't like have uh, uh, courses or it's not monetized or anything, but I have a blog called richonmoney.com. So that's rich on money. Uh, and I talk about what I did in real estate and how I did it. I also talk about investing and finances in general. I'm kind of a, an investment nerd on top of being a, a real estate guy. Um, so yeah, come, come check out my website and, uh, I also have a small YouTube channel. Uh, and if they go onto the website, is there a way that they can reach yeah, out? I think to every post kind of has my, has my, um, uh, a link to my YouTube channel, oh, but great. also, um, rich at richamoney.com. Feel free to email me. Awesome. Well, Rich, thanks for this awesome deal. Thanks for sharing it with us. Thanks for making the time to talk to us. And thank you for the service you've provided to our country. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on. This was a lot of fun. What a neat investor and what a neat deal. Uh, I mean, I got to be honest, I hadn't been looking over in Alabama for any properties, but now I'm kind of interested to take a look down there. I mean, being able to find a unit that is cash flowing already and then being able to find some value adds to it, simple things like making the tenants pay for their water. You know, if those are things that are normal in your market and they're not being utilized by the current owner, then it makes total sense and there's instant NOI to be had there. It was really great to have a conversation with Rich. It is awesome that he has already achieved that dream that most of us are striving for to be able to live independently off of our rentals. And just what a neat guy. If you're trying to connect with Rich, you can head over to richonmoney.com and connect with him there. If you are a investor that wants to talk about a deal that you've done, you're more than welcome to email me at info at dissectingthedeal.com. We'd love to have you on the show. If you made it this far in the episode, I hope that you've got some value out of this and I'd like to ask for some value in return. If you wouldn't mind going on to your favorite podcasting service and giving us a like, a subscribe, leave a review, any of that stuff helps the algorithm, which, you know, we all live by algorithms today. It helps the algorithm to teach us that you are interested in this sort of thing and it helps find other people that may not know this show is out there that we can use to help them find out about deals that are going on and hopefully motivate them or inspire them to go out and get the next property. Thank you again for listening this far. I really appreciate it. Stay safe out there and we'll see you next time.